This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. We have got such an exceptional guest on our program this afternoon. I just want to encourage you that you must stay online with us because we really have got something so much, so exciting to offer you. We are going to be talking about the powerful weapons for victory in the last days. And this is actually the title of the book of Esther Meshu, and she's going to be our guest this afternoon, and she is going to give us some insight and enlighten us and encourage us with this exact reason why she wrote the book. But I'm going to introduce you firstly to her. She is at the moment uh, Esther Meshu, and she's an author pastor and a court-annexed mediator whose unwavering faith in Jesus has enabled her to overcome many challenges and experiences. And she has been able to tap into the supernatural power of God from a young age. Esther's uh, inspiring testimonies and teachings of biblical truth has empowered many people around the world to apply the word in their lives for miracle results. Is that not amazing? So, Esther, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We are so privileged and honored. Thank you so much for having me. Great. But we first have to do our... uh, um, admin and all that, and we're just wanting to encourage you that you're welcome to WhatsApp us on 081-729-1657 and, or SMS us on 37988, and our telegram number is 081-729-1657. And if you really want to see how active we are and who we are and what we do, go onto our Facebook page. It's 729 Council and 729 Cape pulpit and we have a counseling department and I think you will must really tap into this as well as an opportunity where we can maybe pray for you and direct you into the right direction if you are feeling not feeling um, needing some advice it's 021-917-000 and you just ask for option one but first of all we're going to listen to something amazing and then we'll join Esther straight after this. Good afternoon family and friends and I just want to encourage you just to stay tuned with us this afternoon. We are so privileged to have Esther Meshu on the line with us this afternoon and oh, all the way from Johannesburg and we are so privileged to have her. Um, she has been in, you know, Esther, you've been in the public eye for a great portion of your life and uh, just briefly share with us your personal journey from your youth and your experiences thus far. Yes, sure. So I was very blessed um, to have Wonderful parents who were God-fearing, loved the Lord. Um, my mom, Lydia, and my father, Pastor Kenneth um, Meshway, um, worked with Evangelist Rana Danke for many years. And their testimonies of faith, and which actually started my journey of being a God-fearing woman of faith and courage. Actually, I learned a lot from my own parents and from Evangelist Juana Banke, who mentored our family for more than four decades. When my mom was uh, married to my, got married to my father, she was told that she could never have children. So they chose to believe 
the word of the Lord instead of what the doctor said. He used the word impossible. It was impossible for her to have. Mm. Four and a half years later, she fell pregnant and my sister was born. And then they said, well, that was a miracle. Can't have any more kids. But then I was born. (laughs) However, I was born very sickly. And I was constantly, constantly fighting one virus to the next, one sickness to the next, one disease to the next. And a few, when I was a few months old, uh, my mom and my dad up early hours of the morning crying to God for my life. The, we worked with Christ for All Nations, that evangelist Juan Bonke yes. founded, the ministry that he founded. They were up praying, asking God to spare life. And around 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, my mom felt me die in her um, and gave me to my father. My father saw that my eyes had rolled back and I, my body had turned limp and he quickly called Evangelist Reinhard Bonke on his landline. And Evangelist Reinhard Bonke, because remember back then there was no cell phones and there was no caller IDs. The phone only rang once. Evangelist Reinhard Bonke picked up the phone on the first call and screamed my father's name. Sure. He screamed, Kenneth, what? is happening in your household. The Holy Spirit woke me up to pray. And my father said, my daughter is still dying. And evangelist Reinhard Bonke said, put the phone on her body. My dad obeyed the instruction, put the phone on my body. Evangelist Reinhard Bonke prayed and I came back. I was instantly revived and I came back from the brink of death. So that's my journey of experience how my experience of the supernatural power of God started when I was only a few months old. Ever since then, I began to see uh, the supernatural power of God um, when it came to healing, when it became a manifestation of miracle signs and wonders operating in my life that I did not understand what was going on in evangelist Reinhard Bonke always used to Tell me and tell people, you hear the voice of the good shepherd, young lady. And he (laughs) always, with his German accent, he Mm. always um, encouraged me with this gifting that I had that I did not know much of because growing up, I was always the odd one out. And I understood only later in life why the Lord allowed me to be the odd one out constantly, the square in a circle is because actually none of us Christians are born to fit in. We are born oh, to yes, stand out. I know that. <laughs> but the problem is so many Christians want to fit in. They always want to fit in with the crowd. And the problem is fitting in with the crowd leads to compromise. The only way to fit in with the crowd is, leads, is compromise. Because the ways of this world are not the ways of God. So growing up, I had a love for people, a love for the word. And I began to see how... One of the one more um, testimony that I'll give you of the supernatural power of God mm, was when I was we had relocated back to South Africa, but I I love the U.S. I was constantly going back and forth. But then when I came back, um, two thousand and well, many years ago, I will, I will give away, it will give away my age, but <laughs> many years ago when I came back, I decided to stay in a place called Midrand in Kaoping. And I had a roommate from Kenya who was six years older than me, Sarah, and I thought it was great because she was like a big sister to me. And then she invited a friend of hers from Kenya. 
Uh, and this friend of hers always feared coming to South Africa because she said that one of her greatest fears is that she would be raped or killed if she came to South Africa because at the time, Johannesburg had one of the highest murder and violent rape statistics in the world. Mm -hmm. So she looked at those statistics and the fear came in. So we never had a problem until this young lady came to visit us a particular weekend. So she was staying with us for the weekend. She was staying with um, my roommate, Sarah, and early hours of the morning, I felt a hard hand on my shoulder. And I thought to myself, that's odd. And then I felt this hard hand shake me again. And I opened my eyes and I realized the light was on and I never sleep with the light on. So when I turned to the lift, this man who was shaking my shoulder to wake me up put a gun right to my forehead. And I remember at the time, I mean, you, 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 you talk about these things with your friends and like, okay, your life is more important than things, you know, just let it go. No. When that happened, no, many people's normal response would be fear because now it's life or death situation and you've got a gun to your head. Mm. So instantly the Holy Spirit comforted me and a boldness instead of fear came upon me. Wow. And this man pulled me out of the bed and I rebuked him immediately. And the shock on the man's face and on the second armed robber who was in my room, there was three armed robbers who actually broke into my apartment that night. Two of them were in my room while one was still in my roommate's room, and she was in bed and uh, with her friend Betty as well. So when they looked at me in complete shock, they began to push me to my roommate's room. Now, they pushed me into her room, pushed me into the bed. Now you've got three women in one bed, and there are three men in one room. Mm -hmm. And they immediately put the covers over our head, and they told us, they said, we will kill you. Because remember, at that time, once you can, you see the armed robber's face, yes. you know, they know that you'd be able to identify them. Mm. So they already told us that, look, look, we're going to kill you. But the fact that they had all three of us in one bed and they were all three of the men, I already knew. And I'm still yelling at these guys <laughs> under the covers. I don't even think at the time I actually realized what was actually <laughs> the extent of the trouble we were actually in because I was highly annoyed that. First of all, a stranger wakes me up. Second of all, they're putting me in my roommate's room and they're putting these covers over my head and threatening to kill us. I'm like, do you guys not know that we are the daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? <laughs> so anyway, I'm busy yelling under the covers and the lady in the middle of the bed was my friend, uh, my roommate Sarah's friend who came to visit us. I'm yelling, still yelling at them under the covers and she grabbed me and she was shaking violently under the covers. And she told me to shh. She told me to be quiet. And when I looked at her, I grabbed both of her hands in my hand. And I said to her very, very sternly, I said, I said, they will not touch us. But as soon as I said that, she began to cry and shake violently. Mm. And that's when I knew we were, we were in trouble. Because you see... Renette, the Bible says in Job chapter 3, verse 25, the thing which I greatly fear comes upon me. Yes. She feared. 
the mm. spirit of rape. She feared the rape. And when I realized that she did not even believe a word that I was saying, when I was speaking what I knew that because we are daughter of the King of Kings and uh, we had, I was, we prayed that no evil shall befall us, that I was standing on God's word. She wasn't. She was looking at things in the natural. In the natural. And immediately the whole room became tense. And there was a demonic oppression in the room that I cannot even explain. Mm. I could barely, I couldn't even move. I, I, then I, all of a sudden I realized we are in trouble. So I closed my eyes, and it was when I closed my eyes, I couldn't remember one Bible verse. I couldn't remember. you When you're in that state, it's like yes, the mind I, becomes mm, blank. I know. That's why the Bible tells us that you've got to have the Word in your heart, sure. not in your head. So many of us Christians, we recite in the Scriptures, and we have the Word in our head, not in our heart. So my mind immediately went blank. I had no scripture to quote at that moment. And as I closed my eyes, all I remembered seeing as I closed my eyes, I saw myself as a child, three-year-old child. We were still living in Tennessee where my parents um, in, in the U.S. My dad had a children's book in open up. And I remember my dad saying at that moment, I remembered my dad at that moment, saying to us as children, there is power in the name of Jesus. It was at that moment. People say, you know, your life flashes before your eyes, before you die. It's like, wow. Yes. One thing that happened to me that flashed before me was that scene where all I heard my father's voice. There is power in the name of Jesus. And immediately I began to scream, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I did not know what would happen mm-hmm. or how it would happen. All I knew is that something would happen and the Lord would save and rescue us. So as I began to call on the name of Jesus, the third time I called upon the name of Jesus in faith, the two armed robbers were in our bedroom. One of them had already gone out to the balcony because remember, they were still stealing stuff in our apartment. So one of them already gone by our balcony well, when I began to scream the name of Jesus, early hours of the morning, the man began to shoot in the darkness. Wow. At what? Nobody knows. He began to shoot and yell, Pakistan, Pakistan, which means hurry up, hurry up. And there was confusion in the camp of the enemy. Suddenly, these armed robbers were falling over themselves. They were screaming at each other to get out, to hurry up and get out. There was so much confusion. So the sound of the gunshot woke our neighbors and they called the police. And when the police arrived, they took our statements and they were very confused. They were like, okay, so tell us the story again. So we kept telling them. And then one police officer looked at me and he just said to me, he said, you know what, Esther, um, I think the reason why they didn't kill you is because he must have thought you have mental problems. <laughs> you see, because... People don't understand that when you have faith in the midst mm-hmm. of, of um, turmoil and chaos and where your, your life is at stake, when the power of God is shown through you, through his word, his strength, his grace, when that is seen, people just think you're crazy. They're just like, okay, this one has mental problems. This one, okay, leave this one alone. She's not normal. We are not supposed to be normal. It's true. You see, there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes. And I 
want to encourage all the listeners. Many people have told me their stories and say, but if those things didn't turn up my, that, that same way with, with me, you know, unfortunately, this one passed in that. And then my first question is, when you, when you called on the name of Jesus, were you afraid? Every single one of them said, yes, of course I was. So I have to remind them that faith and fear cannot work together. So when we call on the name of Jesus, you have to call on his name of Jesus in faith. If you say the name of Jesus in fear, doubt, carelessly, or unbelief, nothing will happen. So declare the name of Jesus in faith and have the revelation of who Jesus is and the power that in his is in his name. Mm. So growing up, I have seen countless times of how the Lord saved and rescued us. When the, they found the bullet cartridges in different directions and they couldn't understand what the man was shooting at in the darkness, mm. I told them that I believe that when I called on the name of Jesus, an angel of the Lord appeared in the darkness. And the man's spiritual eyes were opened, and he saw this image in the air and began to shoot at it, and fear came upon them, and they fled. And the funny part is, is that one of the stray bullets actually shot they got the getaway tire, oh the back tire of the getaway car. <laughs> so Psalms chapter 18, verse 2 to 3 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and the one who rescues me, my God, my rock, and my strength, in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. So I just want to encourage the listeners even here that you have got to know who Jesus is and the power yes, that he and, and believe without a doubt that he has the saving, redeeming, healing, and protecting power that is in his name. What a remarkable and powerful, profound testimony. Oh, my goodness, I've been jumping and feeling so excited about this. Because I, too, now a few years ago, I had the same experience, and God just showed up on that day like you have no idea when I got started. It was powerful. And it's just just such a beautiful reminder of who he is and his greatness. So we're going to just take a break. I mean, I just would love to carry on, but we're going to have to continue with this conversation straight after this, Esther. And we will join you. It was incredible, incredible. Praise the Lord. He is so fa- he's so faithful. And um, so, listeners, we're going to quickly take a break and we're going to listen to a, a track and then we're going to enjoy this, enjoy this, enjoy and join this powerful woman of God straight after this. Good afternoon, family, friends. Oh, my goodness. I said I cannot even contain myself with this, with Esther's uh, Testimony is just so powerful. So thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, family and friends. You you have to stay on in on this conversation. It is going to encourage and excite you and it's going to really equip you. So Esther, you have been in the public eye for many, many years, most of your youth yeah. and you know, and but you've also been so uh, equipped to speak out for justice and righteousness in the body of Christ and politi- in the political arena. And, you know, what was your focus when you wrote this book, Powerful Weapons for Victory in the Last Days? What was your, what motivated you to actually write this book? Well, several things. Um, the interesting thing about me actually writing is that I never wanted to be an author. Um, 
my late mom and evangelist Reinhard Bonke used to be one of two of the. They used to constantly be on my case about writing, but I never thought I was I, I, I would ever be a writer because I never enjoyed writing. I hated injustice. I hated when people would take scripture and twist the word and deceive people because my heart was always for people to be saved, for people to, you know, you know the when, when you see what's happening now with, with the false um, churches, the false prophetic movements and all of this that are leading people to destruction, it upset me. But I realized one thing is majority of people do not read their Bible. They do not read their Bible. Mm-hmm. Number two, when you realize that Hosea 4 verse 6, God said my people perish because of lack of knowledge, is one of the biggest problems and one of the greatest tools that Satan uses against God's children is our ignorance, I realized that there was a problem. So I used to speak out uh, uh, a lot about the, the word and uh, again, speak out against injustice and, you know, constantly want to get truth out with every platform that God had given me um, the opportunity to be on. It was constantly about leading people back to the word, leading people back to back to Christ in a manner that takes the focus off of me and makes the main focus the Lord. And this is another thing that concerns me is a lot of people are building their, they like Nimrod, let's make a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. They're building these empires and the focus has shifted. It's no longer um, the focus is on the Lord. The focus is on the particular man or woman of God mm-hmm. who, you know, end up leading, not only being deceived themselves, but leading people into deception and getting involved in all sorts of things um, that it ends up ensnaring their souls. So I realized that, you know, a lot of battles that we are fighting, I asked myself, I thought, why are us as God's children losing so many battles? And yes. the Lord said to me, because you are not fighting the right way. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm not fighting the right way. Yes. Number two, he said, you're not using all the weapons that I've given you. Yeah. So I'm like, all the weapons. Okay. We've got the helmet of salvation. So I just named the basics one of Ephesians 6. But there's actually 21 weapons. So as I was writing and doing my research, I realized, wait a minute, there's more weapons. There's more weapons. There's more weapons. And, and weapons, for example, when... I started writing this. I was actually writing a series on uh, understanding the book of Revelation. I went through so much demonic attacks. There were so many attacks, so many spiritual attacks, so many um, attacks even in the natural with people. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I realized that in order for me to fulfill my assignment, I need to be using all these weapons. That interesting thing is that what people, many people don't remember, is that when Nehemiah was sent to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 17, it tells us that when the people were rebuilding, they were rebuilding, were working with one hand, and they held a weapon in the other hand. So many Christians, we just focus on wanting to build, you know, build God's kingdom, you know, we want to build our family stuff. Where are your weapons? No, no, no. 
most Christians don't want to fight. So we've become complacent. But yet, there is a battle that is raging day and night that people don't want to fight. And if they do fight, we're fighting the wrong way. We're fighting in the natural. So when my, my uh, late mother was hospitalized uh, last year in March, I was in Cape Town at the time, and the Holy Spirit woke me up. And I remember sleeping and hearing the words, your mother is dying. Tell your father to take her to the hospital now, and I will help the doctors to save her life. If you don't, she will die in the house today. Sure. And I woke up. This was March the 9th, 2022. I woke up. I immediately called my, well, I had to wait until 2, 5 o'clock in the morning, because this was about just 2, 4 o'clock in the morning when I woke up, and I started praying in the spirit immediately, coming against the spirit of premature death. And... I contacted my father uh, around, he normally turns his phone off at five, contacted my father early hours of the morning, I said, you need to take mommy to the hospital. I didn't want to alarm him by telling him at the time what the Lord had revealed to me. But when I realized that it wasn't happening, she didn't want to go, you know, he thought maybe just take her to the doctor. And I said, it's too late Mm -hmm. for the doctor, you've got to take her straight to the hospital. And eventually I told him, I said, this is what the Lord said. And my parents knew that as a, from a young age, when I say this is what the Lord is saying, I would never use the name, name of the Lord in vain. Yes. Why? Because I fear God. I fear God. Mm. And this is what is lacking in the body of Christ. Majority of Christians do not fear God. So they throw his name out here and there and in vain, mm. saying they God said this when God didn't tell them nothing. God didn't say that. It was just a vain imagination that came up yes. or an alternative spirit that said it that was contrary to God's word. But because when people hear God said, then they, they think, okay, this must be God. So people must only say God said, when for a fact God said it. So when mm. I tell my parents that, my parents always listen. Mm. Even as bizarre as it sounds, they will listen. So my brother and my father rushed her to the hospital and the doctors, I mean, she had, she had heart failure. She, the doctors actually wrote it, wrote it down that as a medical miracle, they mm. could not understand how my mother was still alive. All these months that my mom lived until she decided she was ready to go be with the Lord um, earlier this year. She's the one who made the decision. She already said, okay. Let me go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be with the Lord. She made it. But when the devil tried to take my mom before her, I was like, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So with all that turmoil that was going on when she was in ICU, the Lord is like, right now. So I'm like, okay, tell me yeah. what I'm going And the Lord is saying, use this weapon. Use this weapon. So the book that I've written has 21 uh, spiritual mighty weapons of warfare that the Lord has given us. Prayer, wow. one of them. Fasting, the Word of God, obedience, the name of Jesus. That's, that's chapter one of my book. The name of Jesus, but it's not the. It, you have to know who Jesus is and yes. believe in the power that is in His name. Because if you just call on the name of Jesus because you're a church person, you, know, you go to church every day, nothing will happen. You don't need people. Most people don't know who Jesus is that they say that they serve. Mm. We've got to know who Jesus is for ourselves. So when I began to write these weapons, we began to use these weapons. And when we go through trying times, one of the last weapons of warfare that we want to use is praise. 
Nobody feels like praising God. We want to yes. cry. We would mm-hmm. rather cry, pray, and complain than praise. But yet the power that comes through praising God when everything, your whole world turns upside down. Mm-hmm. Even when my mom went to be with the Lord, even though the Lord had been preparing us and saying, you yes. know, your time is coming soon, the pain was still intense. Absolutely. The there is no right time. Leaving a mom, the pain when I see my father that he goes through, it's heartbreaking for us to see him in that state. But because of my dad's faith in God and that he is a man of yes. prayer and courage, one day I said to him, Dad, we're actually not using one of the main weapons that we should be using in the season. And he looked at me and he said, what is that? And I said, praise Mm. Praise. Mm. Because remember in Isaiah chapter 61, it says that God gives us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. For the spirit of heaviness. When you, mm. when everything has gone upside down in your life, and I just want to encourage the listeners here, that some yes. of you listening to here, you have gone through loss, you've gone through devastation, it's been one battle after the next, you actually came to a point where you wanted to give up. Let me remind you, of what happened in Acts chapter 16 with a man by the name of Paul and his fellow apostle brethren, uh, brother named Silas. When they, all they did, well, they obeyed God. Their crime was obeying God, preaching the gospel, casting out demons, healing the sick. They obeyed God. But they were arrested. They were beaten, imprisoned. They were um probably slandered, they yes, were hated, hated. Mm-hmm. you know, they, so many people called their names, some people lied on them, mm. um, they were arrested for no reason at all, other than doing what God told them to do. So when they were in prison, when the darkest time of the life, the Bible says at the midnight hour, the midnight hour represents the darkest time of your life. That's so great. the darkest time of your life, instead of complaining as where was God? Why did God let this happen? Where why God blaming and it's a you know, many Christians fall in the trap yes. of blaming God and complaining instead of using that opportunity and that season to praise God instead. Mm. When you praise God, you shift your focus from the problem to the problem solver. And it Amen. brings God shows forth his power in your situation. The Bible tells us in Acts 16 that when Paul and Silas praised and sang hymns to God, suddenly there was an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And earth, the very foundations of the prison shook. And the prison doors opened and everybody's chains were loose. Amen. Everybody's chains were loose. Amen. Amen. So Amen. when you go through these trying times, Use the weapon of praise. We were not using a weapon of praise. When my mom was fighting for her life in, in, in ICU last year, very few people, we only informed a handful of people who knew um, last, um, last yes. year when that happened. I remember. And we had to now add in praise. So God is like, Esther, praise me. Mm, praise and me. I show and her into. It's very difficult to do so. Mm. So, this, that's why, where this, this book started. So I put the whole series of understanding the book of Revelation on hold, um, which is going to be study guides. Um, very important for Christians to know yes. and discern the end times that we're living in and understand that book. The Bible prophecy is not meant to frighten us. It is meant to prepare us 
many Christians are not prepared for what's coming mm. in the end time. We are not, we don't know what our armor is and we don't know how to use it. We've got to know right. how to use We've it. We've got to know how to use it. For example, it. those of you who you've been crying to God for, um, for uh, you know, there's financial struggles. There is biblical principles when it comes to finances. For example, we, we, we give, we mm. work hard. If we don't, if, we, they, you, if you have lost your job, you do not fear. You do not give up. You mm. continue to trust God. You continue to do the work of putting out your CVs out. You, you ask the Lord, what do I do with the talent you've given me? Because sometimes, sometimes God is just shifting you out of your comfort zone. Amen. Maybe Amen. the Lord is saying, actually, you entrepreneur in you just don't think you're good enough and God needs you to know who you are in Him and just ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to do with my, my talents that you have given me, my gift that you have given me? And then you do your research. You Amen. get hold of the right people. You ask the Lord to bless your business and you will bless and prosper it. Yes. But there, when yes. it comes to multiplication, the weapon to use for multiplication, what did Jesus do? Mm. When there was a lack of food, yes. when there was only two loaves and two fish, what did Jesus do? What weapon of warfare did Jesus use? Yes. Just what does the Bible say? Thanksgiving. He gave Thanksgiving. thanks. Thanks. Mm, praise he the Lord. Gave praise thanks. the Lord. So when we give thanks, you will begin to see multiplication that you, you mm. it, it's just mind-boggling some of the testimonies. We mean, we'll be going on for hours if I even yes. tell you. <laughs> okay. um, so, so, that, <laughs> so we can end up on that amazing note of God's thing with Thanksgiving. We can end the note with Thanksgiving, but we're going to quickly, we've got a few minutes um, after the break. Uh, we're just going to take a, a short break and then we're going to join you straight after this and we can just give us a way of getting the book and, uh, you know, uh, we'll chat with you straight after this Thank you so much for that powerful, powerful testimony. You're welcome. Good afternoon, family, friends. Wow, we just have had such a powerful, action-packed uh, interview with Esther Mesha this afternoon. What a privilege and what an honor. Wow, I just am so excited. Um, Esther, you know, we are really living in times that are really bending us and buckling us and we're standing all bent over as as the body of Christ. Um what do, how can we navigate ourselves in this and use this kind of book uh, and just give us an indication of how we can get the book and how we can order because I think this is a powerful tool for these times that we are living in. Um, so just give us a little bit of a, a impact, enlightenment on how to read the book and understand it and then how we can get it. Okay. To answer your first question about how we're going to navigate during these trying yes, uh, times, mm. <clears throat> first thing we have to get back to the word. You have there is no other way. The word, the word, the word. Many Christians think that they can make it with um, this, you know, three minutes encouragement sermon on a Sunday, few minutes praise and worship here and there, and then just motivational talks. It's not going to work. You have got to get in the word. You have to got, got to get the word in your spirit. You've got to believe the word. You've got to meditate on the word day and night and do what the word of God says. A lot of Christians are not doing what the word of God says. Too many people are compromising. You will not make it, unfortunately. You will not make it, unfortunately, in these end times if you are compromising. The mm. enemy who is seeking for who will devour, he's watching. He's watching. Mm. So 
Don't make it easy for the enemy to take you out before your time. You have to stand for truth and righteousness. Stand on biblical principles in your nation. If you're in South Africa, uh, those listening on um, um, on the internet um, to this recording, whether you are in your nations, you've got to stand behind the uh, those who are making a stand in your nation for biblical principles, biblical policies, those who are shining light in the darkness, who are yes. pushing back Satan's agenda. For example, in South Africa, we've got... Um, the the ACDP we've we've got a, a a party that says no to evil, no to corruption, no to satanic uh, agendas and ideologies. You cannot compromise during this end time. You have to be a person of faith, and you have to take authority over the spirit of fear that is trying to devour so many people. We saw what happened during COVID. A blanket of fear came over the world. So many people who were bold one minute, all of a sudden, fear gripped the hearts of so many people. Mm. So you have to be in the Word. The Word is what will sustain you. Be around the fellowship with the right people. When I say the right people, I'm emphasizing right people, Mm. Mm. the right God-fearing people, and you've got to obey God. The blessings of God, Deuteronomy 28 um, verses 1 to 14 tells us about the blessings of God. And again, you have to speak life. You yes. have to speak life. You have to speak to your mountain. When mm. the storm was raging, Jesus did not fear. He did not lose hope. He rebuked the wind and spoke to the sea, and they obeyed him, and there was peace. You see, Jesus knew who he was. He knew the authority that he had, and that same authority he has given to you and I. Mm. So speak to your mountain. Proverbs 18, verse 21, use your mouth, use the words of your mouth, write the vision that God has given you, hold on to God's promises, and remember that according to Luke 1, verse 37, it says that nothing is impossible for God, and God always has the final say in your life. So it does not matter what the doctors say, the lawyers say, the president of your country says, it doesn't matter what the bankers say, it doesn't matter what the property management say, what God says in his word is the final say. You hold on to it until the end, and do not compromise. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith until the end. Amen. Amen. So how can we get how can we get access to the book? You you are you'll be able everybody will be able to contact um our order our order uh number on zero on plus two seven seven eight nine two four six two six five. I'll repeat it plus two seven seven eight nine two four Six two six five, and also be available on Amazon. Fantastic, fantastic! For Please. now, for Please. now, for now, there's more, more, <laughs> more gateways opening for you. May the Lord just continuously use you, Esther. You are such an inspiring, an encouragement, and such a bundle of joy. We really love and appreciate you, and thank you, thank you, thank you for taking your time to spend with us. And thank we cannot you. wait to get stuck into that book. But uh, may God just continuously use you and your family for everything that he has purposed and planned and 
uh, prospered for your lives. And uh, yes, family and friends, what a joy and what a powerful testimony. So let us step into the uh, the powerful tools that the Lord has given us in his word to get through everything in every situation that we've been in. So uh, family and friends, just look after yourselves, take care. Uh, stick to the rules, and uh, we will see you next week. But Esther, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. God okay, bless God you. bless you, and goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next same Bye, time next everyone. week. Bye. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit. 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.